You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. This is when the battle starts between your ears. This is when the battle starts up here. Let's face it. If we're honest, most of us have doubted our salvation at one point or another. Many times this doubt arises not because we doubt God. Oh, no, no, no. But because we doubt ourselves. We look in the mirror that John has been holding up and we consider our lives. How we're living. The depth of our faith. And we begin to wonder. Have you ever wondered if you're really saved? Maybe you fell back into sin, or maybe you feel like you were never saved in the first place. Today, Pastor Dave explains how this is a very common trick used by the enemy that actually causes us to doubt in the sacrifice and salvation given to us by Jesus Christ. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 John chapter 3 as he begins his message, Blessed Assurance. We're going to continue now. We're going to go back to our study in 1 John, specifically looking at chapter 3, verses 19 through 23, and in the third part of our series called Love, Obedience, and Truth. And today's message is entitled Blessed Assurance. So if you will turn into your Bibles, please, to 1 John chapter 3 and find verses 19 through 23. The apostle writes, and by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things which are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Shall we pray? Oh, most gracious and heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, and we come to your word now, Father, and we look at it, and Lord, how we all need that blessed assurance, how we all need to know that we know that our salvation is secure in Jesus Christ. Lord, that salvation, being secured like that, brings us such joy. And we're so thankful, Lord, that you've made a way for us to come back to you, that you've given us an avenue by which we can come back. You've given us your own beloved Son, Jesus Christ. Your scripture says that if we believe in him, if we trust in him, if we put all our hope and faith in him, We will not perish, but have eternal life. Oh, Lord, we want to be assured of that today. We want to know that we know and walk forward and have it established in our heart and have it settled once and for all, Lord. So I pray, Lord, for this time that our hearts would be ready to receive what you might talk to us about. Talk to us each individually. Talk to us collectively. Do what you have to do by your spirit 
to help us to understand and know your love is pure and kind, always coming towards us, never fade away, and never turn away. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I'm sure that you recognize these words. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation purchased of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. Great, beautiful, beautiful words. You might have sung them at one time or another. It's a gorgeous hymn, and if you hang around, you might get a chance to sing it later. These words were written by a lady named Fanny Crosby in 1873, almost 150 years ago. And it's interesting how much the world has changed since then. How many different things have happened since that time. And it's almost staggering when you think about it. I mean, 1873. Look out now, you see automobiles, radio, television, computers, cell phones, internet. Just some of the major inventions over the past century. Just some of the things that have changed our lives the advance in research, the advance in medicines, and all the things that are going on with that. Is it mind-boggling and staggering that in 150 years we can advance so far? Culture has definitely changed, and churches have changed as well. But there's one thing that has not changed. There's one thing that will never change, and that is the security a believer can have of salvation. To know that you know. Settle it. Be firm. Be established in your faith. If you have been, as Fanny Crosby put it long ago, born of his spirit and washed in his blood, you have the blessed assurance of salvation. No matter what happens, changes, things come against you, You have a place in the family of God. You're a child of the king. When I was born, I had the DNA of Herman and Ginny Shank. That'll never change. They were my parents, and that's who I am. But when I became born again by the Spirit, I have the Spirit in me now. And although I am still Herman and Ginny's little boy, I'm now a child of the Most High God. I've been accepted. I've been adopted. I've been claimed by God Almighty. And you are too. And I want to be sure of that. And it's not because anything that I have done. It's all what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Solely by what he did. So as we've been studying now through 1 John, the apostle has been explaining to you how you can have the insurance that Fanny Crosby was speaking about and that what we can sing about. His desire, John's desire, is that you know that you have eternal life, that you will settle it. It was extremely important to the apostle, and it should be extremely important to us as well. Notice in the verses that we read, John didn't say, that you think you have eternal life, that you feel you have eternal life, or that you hope you have eternal life. No, he said, you know. So the question that you may ask, and you may have asked it sometime or the other, and it's okay if you've asked this question, 
How can I really know I will go to heaven when I die? This is when the battle starts. This is when the battle starts between your ears. This is when the battle starts up here. Let's face it. If we're honest, most of us have doubted our salvation at one point or another. Many times this doubt arises not because we doubt God. Oh, no, no, no. But because we doubt ourselves. We look in the mirror that John has been holding up and we consider our lives. How we're living. The depth of our faith. And we begin to wonder. Perhaps we compare our, to- our life to a former time when we were growing like wildfire in the Lord. And that growth was evident. And we wonder, what happened? How do I get to this place? What happened? But God's word clearly tells us that we can have and know that we have eternal life. God's word tells us that we don't have to fear or worry. The assurance is ours. And this is what the apostle has been trying to tell us. And he's going to continue to tell us over and over and over as we go through the rest of this book. Why? Because if you go sneak over to chapter 5, verse 13, the apostle writes these. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Notice, he didn't use the past tense. Those of you believed, no, those that you believe. Why? Because our belief is present day. Our belief is right now. See, our belief and our assurance isn't based on some past event. It's not based on a past experience except the experience on the cross. Assurance comes by a continual faith. Faith that is growing. A faith that is yielding fruit. A faith of obedience. Salvation is past. Jesus did everything he could do to bring you to the Lord and give you salvation on the cross. He said those words. It is finished. There's nothing else you can do. You cannot add to it, nor can you take away from it. It is finished. It's past. But our salvation is present also. We are being changed into the image of our beloved Savior by the Holy Spirit. It is a present salvation. I'm working out my salvation with fear and trembling. I'm working it out. God is working in me. And salvation is also future. We talked about that. For when he appears, we shall be like him. For we'll see him as as he really is. And I love that. What hope this gives you? What peace this should give you? But when doubts arise in our heart, we need to examine it. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Does that belief change the way you live? And if so, rest assured, Christian, God is not done with you yet. And he wants to show you how much more you can be sure of that salvation. Now, we've been studying this third chapter We talked about the children of God in in three studies. And now John is contrasting the theme of love and hate. Hate is self-centeredness. Love is self-giving. Hate originates with the devil. Love comes only from God. Hate results in deception and destruction. Love results in helping and healing. John has declared that love is an action. Love is an action. Love is doing, not just saying only. See, 
Love, when it's conceived, brings forth help and health. On the other hand, hate, when it's conceived, brings forth deception and death. John told us that we need to practice Christian love. And he told us why, the importance of it, back in 3 verse 10. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. So now in the rest of the chapter, the apostle John is stressing the importance of the act of love, the, the deed of love. And as I stated before, love must manifest itself in something that you do and say. It's more than just a warm fuzzy or an intended or an imagined act. John's going to tell us in our verses this morning that love, when love becomes a deed, when love becomes an action, it reassures the doubting heart. And in doing so, it'll give you a blessed assurance. And it also gives us boldness and effectiveness when we pray. Let's begin with verse 19. The apostle picks up his thought and says, By this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. John uses again one of his most favorite phrases. By this we know. By this we know. We've been studying this, that you know. Remember, this is a big theme for John, that you would know. By this we know. In this instance, the word knowns mean to be sure, to be confident. John is telling us that we can be sure of our salvation and we can have confidence that it's true. This is the blessed assurance that John is speaking of. The confidence in our salvation. John is saying that when we both, when we love in both deed and truth, we know we are of the truth and have assurance before the Lord. And in other words, loving in both deed and truth gives us the confidence we're one of his children. Do you love in deed and in truth? Are you just throwing out the warm fuzzies? Love you, bro. Or do your actions match what you're saying? Because he said if you're loving in word only and in tongue only, well, there's a problem there. Love is demonstrated. How did Jesus manifest his love for us? By dying on a cross. There's an action there. There's an action there. And this is what John is talking to us about today. He's reassuring us. He wants us to have this confidence. Paul understood this confidence. Paul knew about this confidence. And he writes in the first chapter of Philippians in verse 6. I'm going to read verse 3 down through 7. He says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, talking to the Philippian church, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you with all joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ, just as it is right for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my change and in my defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are partakers with me of grace. Paul says, my confidence is in what happened on the cross. That's where my confidence is. And I know for sure, without a shadow of a doubt, without any qualms, God is working in you too. And he's going to complete that work in you. Why? Because it's his work to complete. And God's never faithless. He's always faithful. 
God will always do that which he says in his book, and you can count on that, and you can bank on that. So John wants to reassure us, wants to reassure us of what we already know, wants us to have confidence. The confidence comes from practice. I know, practice. A Christian who practices love grows in his understanding of the truth and enjoys a heart-filled confidence with the Lord. And that confidence brings such joy. That confidence brings such peace. And that confidence brings such security. And that confidence brings such hope. You all want that. You all want to live like that. That you have that confidence in him. But John says, be careful. Be careful, Christian, of a condemning heart. Look at verse 20. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Why is he warning us about a condemning heart? Well, a condemning heart robs us of peace. Another way way to look at it would be a heart that is accusing. The heart can wrongly accuse you and condemn you because Jeremiah said the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who could know it? Well, he answers his question. God knows your heart. God knows exactly what's in your heart because God is greater than your heart and he knows all things. Remember, Jesus said in John's Gospel 2, 25, he knows what's in man. He knows what's in God's heart. How many times a day or how many times a week or how many times in this last month or whenever have you come down on yourself because something you've done and have you accused yourself? How many times have you done that? Make no mistake, God never makes a mistake. He knew the worst of you when Jesus went to the cross. And he loved you in spite of yourself. And even with this knowledge, Jesus still died for you, even though you were a sinner. And a Christian who walks in the love of the Lord has an open heart to God, and he is assured that God never judges wrongly. Now, when John wrote this, was he thinking of the time when they all went to Mary and Martha's house and they were going to have a dinner party? Martha was busy in the kitchen. She had her hands rolled up, and she was making the meal. Mary sits at Jesus' feet. Martha comes in and rails at them both. Lord, she's just sitting there when I'm helping her. Don't you care? You remember Jesus' answer? Mary has chosen the better part. Mary has chosen the better part because Jesus knew Mary's heart. He knew her heart, and he gave Mary the assurance she needed because she had chosen a better place. Or Peter denies the Lord three times. His heart is condemned. His heart is condemning him because he denied the Lord three times. He is filled with remorse, and Scripture says he went out and wept bitterly. But he was also filled with godly sorrow, and that led him to repentance. Why did Jesus restore Peter? Because Jesus knew what was in Peter's heart. Jesus knew what was in Peter's heart, and he restored him. Peter's heart condemned him. But the Lord was greater than Peter's heart. Jesus knows all things and gave Peter the much-needed assurance. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. See, condemnation and accusations, they're the devil's toys. He loves to throw those things out at you. Remember, he's the accuser of the brethren. He's the accuser of the brethren, loves to stand before the throne, and he's allowed in the throne room, and he stands before the throne and says, look at that, Dave. Look what he just did, and he's a pastor. Come on. He's accuser. He wants to rob you and steal you of the confidence you have in your salvation. 
He wants you to start thinking, oh, maybe I'm not saved. Oh, me, maybe I can't get back. But once you have confessed your sin, it's forgiven. And then you don't have to entertain the accusations. You don't have to entertain the condemnation anymore. And once again, our dear brother Paul probably knew this more than anybody because of what he did before he met Jesus Christ. What Paul was a murderer. He was against the Lord. He was against everything about Jesus. And he drugged people out of synagogues and and took them to Jerusalem where they were either killed or they were forced to recount Jesus Christ. But when he was knocked off his horse or whatever he was riding, it was knocked on the ground and the light appeared to him and he accepted Jesus Christ. He writes these beautiful words in Romans 8 verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit and life in Christ, Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Paul understood that. He was secure in that. He, was, he knew that. If you really understand this verse, Romans 8, 1 and 2, if you really chew on it and really let it sink into your heart, I believe it will change your life. I believe it'll change your life because so many of us have lived as a Christian in constant condemnation, in constant condemnation because though my spirit was indeed willing, my flesh can be pretty weak. And how many times week after week would I promise God that I was going to do better next week, Lord? I apologize for my failures of the past week, but I'm going to promise next week, Lord, I'm going to read the Bible more. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to do this more. I'm going to do that more. I'm always feeling guilty because I always feel like I'm breaking my vow before God. And I was not doing the things that I promised God I would do. I was constantly feeling condemnation. But there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Why? Paul says, for this law of the spirit of life in Jesus Christ hath made me free from the law of sin and death. There's a new law working in me. God said to Jeremiah, I will make a new covenant with my people, no longer on written tablets, but I will write my law in the fleshly tablets of their heart. I will write my law in the fleshly tablets of their heart. The law of the spirit of life that God has written is on your heart and my heart. God accepts that which is in my heart and he knows what is there. He sees it and he accepts it because he's greater than my heart. And this gives me a blessed assurance. It gives me a blessed assurance. God knows my love for him. He knows my love for him because he looks deep into the depths of my heart. He knows my desire is to please him. He knows my desire is to serve him. And God has written his law in my heart. Now he can direct me and control my desire and my new life by the spirit of Jesus Christ. Why do you think Paul writes to the Corinthians and says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. And it's how interesting now that even my desires of my heart are new. They're not the same as they used to be because of Jesus Christ. We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you again next time on A Sure Hope. In the meantime, we invite you to learn more about this program by visiting our website, assurehoperadio.com. There, you'll find our archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank available to listen to and even share with your friends and family. 
Just look under the Messages tab. You can listen to additional teachings from this series in 1 John or jump into another book of the Bible. A Sure Hope is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cape May. If you're without a church family, we'd love for you to join us this weekend. We meet weekly on Sundays at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. and We'd be happy to meet you and hear your story. You'll find all the information you need by visiting assurehoperadio.com. Look on our website for directions, as well as the various ministries that we offer. If you live further away or are unable to come in person, we understand and we'd still love for you to be a part of our church family virtually. You can join us for Church Online through Facebook Live and on YouTube. Just follow the links that are available at assurehoperadio.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe to keep up to date with the latest information. Well, this edition is coming to a close, but we're grateful that you've been a part of our listening audience today. Make sure you join us again next time for more from 1 John, where Pastor Dave has more to share about this book. We look forward to that time with you again as your heart is reminded of God's love here on A Sure Hope.